Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. On this week's Patriot Nation podcast, we are talking about a free agency preview. Uh, free agency starts next week, so we're previewing the Patriots free agents and where they might be going and who uh, they might be keeping. We're also going to be previewing the wide receivers for the NFL draft, and we're going to be talking about the recent re- recently released Pat's Madness bracket. You don't want to miss it. Cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. Yes. Wilson, quick throw. And it's Let's good. Spags, how we doing, sir? Doing well, doing well. A little bit of a slow time, but um, it's going to start picking up soon. Obviously, the combine's passed us and the draft's coming up. So it is an interesting time in the NFL season. Uh, Patriots obviously didn't tag anyone. Um, obviously, we kind of ex- expected that because it hasn't been done too, too much in the Belichick era. But uh, some interesting times coming. You know, it's probably the, the heat of the offseason coming with free agency opening up in the draft. So, I'm looking forward to it. It's been a dry last couple of weeks. Finally, we can get some some stuff to finally talk about here. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Now, listen, before we get into Patriots, though, we have to discuss a little thing that may have happened last weekend with you. Uh, some pretty exciting stuff from you, Spag. So why don't you uh, why don't you share with the audience what happened to you last weekend? Oh yeah, it's uh, my uh, my last hockey game ever. I uh, could go back for grad school, but that's not in the plans right now. Um, but yeah, we uh, my my hockey team won the NE10 this weekend, beat our uh, arch rival St. A's four to three. Um, we were the number two seed, but we're huge underdogs going in, and uh, it was awesome, man. I know you tried to make it, and it would have been awesome, but you know I appreciate the support. You texted me right yeah. after the game. It was uh, it was awesome. It was one of the best moments of my life. I actually had, you know, never never really won anything. We were talking about that in the phone last night. We were just talking and. But to have it happen in such a major way, to, for it to be my last game, it was uh, it was awesome. You know, it's bittersweet going out on top, but you're almost like, damn, I kind of want to experience that again. But it was awesome, and yeah, I can't even, can't even speak enough about it. That's yeah, pretty cool. It's 
pretty cool, especially senior year, and this is it. Uh, you're done. That's and it. Opportunity yeah. and, and you walk out, you walk out a champ. So that's uh, that's pretty good. Going out on top is uh, is pretty good. So absolutely. Uh, congrats. You know, congrats Thanks. to you and the whole Thanks. whole team up there is uh, pretty pretty exciting stuff. Thank you, Pat. I appreciate that. Of course, man. Of course. So it's uh good times. So uh, let's okay. Let's dive. Let's dive into the Patriots stuff. Let's go. Let's start with free agency. And it's a lot. I mean, there is a ton of free agents, a ton of guys that are free agents this year. Um, nobody was tagged, as you said. I think the guy that the Patriots kind of had targeted the most, and I'd be shocked if he left, is Steven Gostowski. I know a lot of people say a lot of bad things about him, but at the end of the day, he is a very You're not going to get much better. You're not going to get no. much better. Right. And that's, you know, that's the way I feel about it. Now, listen, you want to bring a, a kicker into camp and push him a little bit? Fine. I got no problem with that. But, like, you know, I, I, I'm i hesitant to just let him walk unless you can do what you did with Vinatieri where, you know, you say this kid, you identify a kid in the draft and say this kid is legit. He's going to be really good. We think that he can we can turn him into the next great kicker in the league. And, you know, Kostowski has consistently been – if he hasn't been the best kicker in the league, he's been a top three to four kicker in the league since he got to the league. Um, and so, you know, I think maybe if they, you know, if they do that and Gostowski wants to leave and go somewhere else, fine. But I think the Patriots are pretty committed on keeping him here, um, assuming he wants to stay. Yeah, I mean, and I, I feel the same way as you. And kind of switching it over to the other side, of, you know, of the special teams, the punter, Ryan Allen, he's a free agent too. I'm interested to see what they do with him. I know, didn't they bring in a punter to camp last year? And we were kind of speculating, I think, last year when we had our show, if they kind of were going to do the same thing with Allen that they did with uh, with Mesco when they brought Allen yeah. in. So it's interesting to see what they'll do with him. And he's, you don't get much better than Ryan Allen. I mean, he was, you know, that game ended 3 nothing. He might have been the MVP. So, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I would love to bring him back. Who knows what they do? I mean, I would think he'd be back. I mean, he's a punter. They'll they'll pay him, you know, but if, if they, if they need him, it's not going to be anything major, but I, I'd like to keep him around and I, and I hope they do, but same thing as Kostowski. If you want to draft a kid or bring someone to camp to push him, I'm all for it too. Right. No, I agree hundred percent. And they did have a guy in guy. I think I can't remember. I can't, excuse me. I can't remember if he, I think he was a, an Italian guy, I think, but either way, they, um, you know, they, it, people seem to like him and he just, he kind of fizzled. So I, I would be shocked if Allen were gone. And again, to me, it's kind of the whole, especially field goal kicking, it's the whole operation, right? You got the long snapper, the punter, and the kicker. The punter's obviously the holder. So you get the long snapper, the holder, and the kicker. And so if, you know, assuming Gasselsi comes back, I would imagine they want that whole unit back again. So Ryan Allen, I'd be shocked. Again, like you said, was dominant in the, you know, as dominant as a as a punter can possibly be in the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, and that whole unit has kind of been – a really a weapon all year. And so I'd be surprised if Allen left. So uh, let's switch it over to offense. Offense is a ton of guys at just at the wide receiver position. You got Hogan, you have Patterson, you have Dorsett all. And actually Josh Gordon too is a restricted free agent, but all four of those guys are free agents this year. I'd be surprised if uh, Hogan, Patterson or Dorsett were back. I'd be shocked if any of them, if any of those guys were back. See, see, for me, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little optimistic um, on Dorsett and um, Dorsett. 
<clears throat> who's the other guy I'm thinking of? Jeez, I'm trying to blank. I'm looking at it right now. Dorsett and Patterson. I think they, if they can get them back on a team-friendly deal, they, you know, I think they like Dorsett. They just haven't been able to find a role for him in the past couple of years. I mean, he went on a spree where he caught, like, what, 20 straight targets? Like, obviously, he didn't get many per game, but he catches a lot of things, which that could be, obviously, a reason they push him out. Hey, we don't have a place for you. But I think with Patterson, we talked about it all year. He's the most complete football player on that team. He can legitimately – I think you put him on defense, he'd do fine. You know, I think that's a guy they, they're going to try to want – that they want back because he did help them a lot in, in special teams. He ran the ball for a while. He caught some passes. He's great on those end of rounds. I think that's someone they want to bring back. Hogan, I think, is complete, is, is gone because with Sammy Watkins set in the market last year, and I thought it was an interesting tweet today with Evan Lazar talking about how much of a bargain Edelman's deal really is that you might even have to pay Hogan more than you're paying Edelman to bring him back. And obviously they're not going to do that. I think Hogan, I mean, we've seen guys, you know, teams overpay these Patriot receivers and then they go there and they can't fit into their system. And I think we're going to see that with Hogan. I could see Hogan getting like five years, 40 million, something like that. Cause teams see him and they saw, you know, Ooh. he's available. He's healthy. When he's on the field, he can help. Obviously he didn't have a great year this year. Um, I think they'll move on from him. But I think I think you'd be I'd be I think maybe Patterson and or Dorsett would come back. If I had to pick one, I'd have to say uh Patterson. I think he posted on his Instagram story a few weeks ago of him back at the uh stadium with like the eyes emoji or something like, you know why I'm here. So maybe they were negotiating stuff, maybe he's still working out in the facility. Uh but I would like to see him back. I don't know what your take is. Right. You know what? I totally blew it. I, I lumped Hogan I lumped Patterson with Hogan and Dorsett. I think Dorsett wants to play, and so I don't know if there's really a spot for him. I do like him. That's true. I do. Think yeah, he can, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he could play, but like you said, you know, is there an opportunity for him to play and get as many targets as he'd like? Patterson, I think, um, will be back because they value special teams almost more than anybody else, and what he brings to the table is is unique. He's not a receiver. It, it's interesting with Patterson because he's really not a wide receiver. He's just not – that's not what he does. He does so many other things well, except for the position that everyone everyone assumes he's going to play. And so, you know, I think that that's an interesting thing with Patterson. It works really well with the Patriots. So I, I, I assume Patterson will be back. I don't know if Gordon will be off the suspension list, but it seems like the Patriots have been paying for his, uh, you know, for his rehab. I'd be I surprised be if – back yeah and the other guy i forgot was rally mccarran and again you know he end of the scrap heap kind of guy i was disappointed by mccarran this year he had got a lot of opportunities uh early on in the season and really wasn't able to do anything with them and so uh he's a free agent i guess like if if he comes back from nothing fine but you know they're not going to spend any you know any type of capital on on rally mccarran so and I was big on him last year, as you can remember. I thought yeah. he was going to be someone to fill that Amendola role. And I think they might have had some plans to maybe ease him in. And like you said, he didn't do much. I think he was active the first couple of weeks. Didn't get a catch, maybe one or two, not many targets. But people forget Braxton Berrios is down there that's lit it up in Miami. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people that are Miami Hurricanes fans that either root for the Patriots or follow them are very high on him. Obviously, a little bit of bias there, but. Uh, I haven't watched too, too much tape on him. I did last year when they did draft him. I think there's something there with him. And um, he kind of looked at it as like a red shirt year. 
because they they kind of he went on right. IR with like this undisclosed injury that no one really knew. So it seemed like they kind of yeah. didn't want to get rid of him. They didn't want the Austin Carr thing where they had to wave him and have someone pick him up. So I think that's someone mm-hmm. who can step in and maybe they can ease in like they did with try to do with McCarron. It's certainly possible, and I'll tell you, and we're going to be talking about wide receivers today from the draft, but you know something's certainly going to have to happen whether guys come back or not. Right now, the Patriots have three wide receivers under contract. You have Julian Edelman, you have Braxton Barrios, and you have Matthew Slater. So you know, really, you have two wide receivers under contract, and so obviously they're going to have to build a lot now. You know, whether that's guys that are coming back or whether that's guys in the draft or whether that's free agency or trades, you know, who knows, but obviously the wide receiver core is going to look a lot different than what is signed on the team right now. And so, uh, you know, that's certainly going to be a lot of movement at that position this off season. Again, whether it's just re-signings could be that, or it could be something else. So there'll be a lot of movement at the wide receiver spot. Uh, I'm going to jump into the, to the, to the, yeah, to the, to the line. And uh, we'll kind of talk about offenses and defensive line. Obviously, you know, the two biggest free agents are on the offensive and defensive line. We'll kind of save those guys to the end. But um, off uh, defensive line, we have Danny Shelton and Malcolm Brown, both up. Um, honestly, I'd be surprised if either of those guys were back. I think Brown is – I think Malcolm Brown's fine. He's okay. But he's not great. He's and, he's you know, Yeah, exactly. And they have a ton of depth on the, on the defensive line. I just – I don't love him. He's fine. If you can, you know, if he wants to come back for, you know, little money and they like him and Danny Shelton, you know, again, another guy who doesn't really fit the mold. Yeah. Did some, did some good things in, in run defense, um, you know, towards the end of the season, but really was invisible. Most of the year was a, you know, was a, um, uh, heavily scratch a lot of times this year. So I'd be surprised if, uh, if Danny Shelton were back as well. Yeah, me, me too. I mean, and, and with, uh, with Shelton, like you said, healthy scratch, it played in the Super Bowl, played very well too. He was big in that yeah, run yeah. defense, but I mean, the fact that he was scratched and, you know, I don't think they got what they wanted out of him. And with Brown, I believe he was interviewed at the combine or people had, you know, got in touch with this camp and, they had said that them and the Patriots have had zero conversations about, you know, trying to bring him back or nothing. So, like I said, I, I would be very, very shocked if both of them were back, even in one right. of them. Right. Yep, I agree. And uh, offensively, um, before we get – well, we'll get into Trent Brown, but uh, Lee Adrian, La Adrian Waddle uh, is a free agent. I, you know, he's a guy that I'd like to see them bring back just because he Me provides too. good, depth. you know, good depth exactly. And, and you know – he can step in and play in a pinch, you know, and, and that's especially when really Waddle, I mean, especially when Cannon. I mean, Cannon's been so, yeah. you know, with the concussions and he's got two bad ankles and Waddle did a good job stepping into that role. Right. Um, <clears throat> I mean, he can play really all over the line. We've seen him play, you know, yeah. right tackle, a little bit of left tackle, I believe, too. Um, I would love to see him back, but it might you might see it with, you know, with like Cam Fleming last year, someone throwing big money that he could start. Because I think he could start on some lines, and he's just going to get plugged in here, you know, yep. especially with Lundback. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, and then so um, I want, I'm want i going to skip Brown and Flowers for now because we'll talk about them at the end. Uh, D, um, you know, the secondary, you got Jason McCourty, and you have Eric Rowe, and you have Jonathan Jones. Rowe, I assume, is going to be gone. Um, and people have written a few, I've seen a few articles about, you know, how Rose probably going to be gone. McCordy, 
you assume will be back. I mean, who knows, right? But if Devin, assuming Devin's going to play, um, which it's which he said he which he said he's going to. So McCord, Devin McCourty's going to be back. I'd be surprised if Jason McCourty isn't back as well. You know, towards the beginning of the year, kind of looked like he was, was going to be a lost season for McCourty, and he was kind of like you know on the fringe of being cut almost, and he wasn't playing, and what's going on? And you know, towards and then by the end of the year, he was a you know a, a legitimate player on that secondary. I'd be surprised if McCourty wasn't back. Again, especially for his brother. I mean, it just to me, it makes almost too much sense to bring him back. I think uh, somebody was saying McCord- McCordy, I think, is going into the last year of his deal. Devin McCordy is. So they were saying, you know, give Devin a one-year extension, sign Jason to a two-year deal, and then they both walk away after that. And so I think that that, that seems reasonable to me. But I think Jason's back. Rose probably gone. And John Jones is a guy that you know, I, I was high on. We were both high on him. We liked him a lot. He just he didn't progress as much as we thought, and they have a lot of depth. Exactly that. So I think, yeah, I think Jones is is gone. They have a ton of depth too, especially with J.C. Jackson emerging in his second year, and and Gilmore, literally the best cornerback in the league. And I've seen some mock drafts, man, where they're they're going after a cornerback at pick thirty two. I mean. I mean, who really knows what they know? No one knows. Only the Patriots know. Right. You know them. They don't let their information get out. But, I mean, those draft guys right. are good. They're, they're usually right on. And, you know, so we'll see. I mean, I think they'll definitely get some secondary help just for some depth-wise. But, you know, you bring McCourty back, I totally agree with that. And if you lose Jones and Rowe, it's it's not too much of a blow, you know? No, it isn't. And then you talk about, too, I mean, you, you have Duke Dawson who didn't play all year, but – you know, was widely regarded as the best slot corner, you know, in, in the league. When they went into day two, their priority was Duke Dawson above everything. He was the guy they wanted to get. They ended up trading up to get him. So, um, you know, that's the guy I think that they think can be, you know, their nickel corner of the future, basically. And so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, to see Dawson, you know, in the mix next year, assuming he can stay healthy. So, and, and then the if last you think about last... it too, real quick too, okay. like Gilmore, Gilmore, Jackson, Dawson. If Dawson can live up, that's three really good corners, man. That might be better than what they had last year. Right, right. And then throw Jason McCord into the mix too, who played well exactly. and is smart and makes different plays. And and so you know you, you're you're looking at a, a really good defensive secondary. Um, you know, continuing the trend for the Patriots, it seems like. So, and then the last three guys are, are linebackers. Uh, we got John and Albert McClellan. Now McClellan and Humber, honestly, are more special teams than they are linebackers. I just thought that they were worth noting because the special teams stunk last year. And then they brought in these two guys and all of a sudden the special teams was good again. And so it was just, it was an interesting situation where it was like, that doesn't happen very often. It's like they literally brought in Humber and McClellan and all of a sudden their special teams was good. And so it was kind of like that Barcavius bingo move a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. And so, you know, they just kind of turned it around. McClellan had the two block punts. uh, I think it was against Miami had the two block punts in that game. And so, you know, I think that those guys are guys that they, you know, may look to try to bring back just because of their special teams prowess. And John Simon's another guy, man, that they they pick up midseason. He's kind of an under the radar type of guy, and he played pretty well for them on the defense. And so, that I think could be back again, assuming he doesn't get a lot of money, which I don't think he will. Uh, he seems like the type of guy that could be back again next year. And so, again, more depth guys than anything else, but three guys that were 
you know, pretty important pieces for them down the stretch, I thought. I, I, I so. agree. And, I mean, let's let's get into the big guys, though, Flowers and Brown. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Two guys that I – so, mean, I, I, I mean, I'll yeah. start out. I think, I think, uh, I think they're out. Um, if I had to pick between one of the two, obviously I'd probably have to go with Flowers. He's probably a more expensive package. But um, I saw a thing today, and I didn't really realize it. Um, you know, they traded Chandler Jones away and then drafted Trey Flowers that year, and he had two big sacks in that Super Bowl. So, Or maybe it might have been the year after. But uh, actually, it was that year, yeah, but he, it was that yeah. year that they – No, it was, that, it was the uh, year after because he was out the, his first year. Okay, so the, there you go. But, I mean, it, they have a plan to do. And it is, a, yeah. it is a little annoying that they don't pay these guys, especially someone like him who's been such a big piece of that defense. But – Hey, they've done it for 20 years, and it's worked out every, basically every single year. They're in the mix when they get rid of these big guys and just different guys step up and, and fit in different schemes. So uh, I've learned to trust Bill. If, 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 you know, if the market's too high for him and they don't want to pay him, I, I mean, I hate to see him go. I love him. I love him as a player, but um, I trust Bill in this situation. So, Right. I agree 100%. And, and I will say the big thing for me, Trent Brown, gone. There's no way Trent Brown's coming back because Trent Brown's going to get, he's going to get Nate Solder money, and the Patriots are definitely not going to pay that. And again, the, you know, the question really with Trent Brown is, if he gets that, is he going to revert back to his ways that he was in San Diego? And so, you know, maybe teams will be reluctant to pay him. Maybe he won't get 16 million a year, but he's going to get 10 to 12 million a year at the absolute least. And the Patriots aren't going to pay that, you know, for a left tackle, especially when they drafted a guy that they thought could play here in the first round. So, um, you know, it's an interesting situation. Um, I was, it's funny. I was talking to Greg Bedard about this on my old show last year, uh, right before the Super Bowl, actually. And I was saying, you know, it was tough because Solda was probably, you know, was up. And they had Tony Garcia, who they drafted, but they weren't sure about what they had in him. Now, clearly, obviously, things were a little bit different with Garcia you know, with the blood clots and everything else and wasn't able to was is out of football now because he couldn't play football. Um, you know, but in this situation, you don't really know what you have in Isaiah Wynn. Yeah, maybe he can be your starting left tackle, but maybe not. So what happens there? But again, Trent Brown, I mean, I'd be shocked if Trent Brown came back. So I think there's, there's pretty much a 0% chance of that one. Flowers is an interesting case to me because – you know, he is, he's like the consummate Patriot. He is the guy that like, he doesn't, he doesn't say anything. He's not loud. He's not all about himself. He's not, but he just goes out there and gets the job done every single time. And he's had big plays in every game he's played in every big game he's played in. He's had big plays. He's made, you know, made big plays and big moments. And so to me, he's the type of guy that I would pay. I also saw a thing. He was at the, uh, I don't even know what I don't even know what the heck game it was. I think it was out in Worcester or somewhere. I'm not even sure where it was. He was at a it was a hockey game, basically. Um, and they were like an AHL affiliate hockey game. I don't think it was the Sharks, though. Though it might have been either way, it doesn't matter. The point is it was in New England somewhere. And he comes out with the trophy. And this is like Tuesday night. He comes up with the trophy and he's saying, you know, this is number six, and we want number seven, and blah blah blah, and we're ready in this and that. Like that, it just didn't sound like a guy that was getting ready to leave in free agency. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to leave, right? Because he said something at a hockey game or whatever when he was there, you know, with the trophy. But, like, it just didn't sound like the like a guy that was getting ready to leave. Again, 
someone comes in and offers him $17 million a year, then he's going to have to take it and go. I mean, what are you going to do? But I think, I think the Patriots are similar to what they were doing last year with Solder. I think they're committed uh, to getting flowers in. And as you just saw now, obviously we're recording a little peek behind the curtain. You're recording Wednesday night. I just saw a tweet saying that uh, the Patriots are working on an extension with Brady. And so uh, that may be released by, you know, the, the details of the contract may be released by Friday when this episode comes out. But if they're renegotiating Brady's deal, trying to make more money under the cap, they may be saying to Flowers, listen, man, go out there, see what's there, but don't sign anything without coming back to us because we're going to offer you substantial money. Exactly. And that's so Hightower and McCordy, it worked. They were able to keep those guys. And they overpaid for McCordy, but it was worth it, right? Did they overpay for Hightower? Maybe a little bit, but again, it was worth it. They uh, they had a great offer for Solder, and Solder got a ridiculous contract. And it was like, well, we can't match that. And so he took the big contract. What are you going to do? But then same thing they have with Flowers this year, but if Flowers walks away because he gets a huge deal, he gets a huge deal. What are you going to do? But I think the Patriots are prepared to offer him a pretty big contract. So, um, so he, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if he were back next year. But then again, you know, I, I also, I also wouldn't be surprised if he was gone. Um, but like you said, I mean, shoot, look at Jamie Collins just got released by the Browns this week. Like everybody thought that Jamie Collins trade was awful and they, this and that and blah blah blah, whatever. Doesn't matter. Chandler Jones trade away. Doesn't matter. They just they get rid of these guys. One guy goes out, another guy comes in. It doesn't make a difference. Deion Lewis goes, and Malcolm Butler goes, and Nate Solder goes. All, last seat, last offseason, they lost like you know four or five starters, and it was like, meh, no big deal. Like it just it doesn't phase them at all, and they just keep going. And so, you know, even if they lose Flowers and Brown, it's just. It, is anyone doubting that they'll be back in the AFC Championship game again next year? It's just like no. it's just what they always do. It's crazy. So we're spoiled to sell. Oh, yeah. Anyways, that that does it for free agency. Free agency will be interesting. I think the Patriots will be players in it. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think certainly they have some they have some work to do. So uh, whether it's re-signing guys or, or going out and signing other guys, uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. So uh, let's get into let's get into the NFL draft. So we're talking about wide receivers this week. Spags, I might have you lead off uh, with one of your guys. Start with your first guy at, again, at the wide receiver position we're talking about, people. All right. So I have Paris Campbell out of Ohio State, ran the fastest, um, the fastest at the combine, I believe it was a 4.32 out of all the receivers, projected late first to second round pick, uh, ranked the third best receiver in the draft, um, A.J. Brown and D.J. Metcalf are kind of the one and two, one B, one A, and Campbell's definitely number two, three on that list. Had 90 catches for 1,063 yards and 12 touchdowns. Had some huge plays for uh, Ohio State down the stretch. Um, he's six foot, 205 pounds. He's got a 75-inch wingspan. Just, a, just an explosive playmaker. Um, you know, isn't isn't the biggest guy, but he I mean he's fast, man, and he he can make some big plays, great hands, lit it up at the combine. Um a lot of people had Marquise Brown from Oklahoma, the uh nephew of Antonio Brown ahead of him. But uh Campbell really stood out at the draft and um, you know, those big ten receivers, you know, those Ohio State guys are are pretty good. Michael Thomas came there and 
and everything mm-hmm. came out of there. So uh, I'm big on Campbell. Um, I think if they were to get him, it had to be a 32. And, you know, like we talked about earlier, who knows what they're doing? A lot of these draft guys say, you know, they're going tight end. They're going for cornerback. He could see, a, you know, a defensive end. But who knows? I mean, if they if they like this kid, who, who would have thought they got Michelle last year? So this guy's there, and they, they're high on him. I'd, I'd love to bring him in because I think he could step in and, you know, be that, you know, number two, three receiver right out of the, right away. So, yeah. Oh, it's interesting. I think, you know, he could be an asset for the Patriots. That's a an interesting guy um, that I think, you know, maybe off the board before they get there at 32, but you never know if he's sitting there. I, I wouldn't mind it. I certainly wouldn't mind it. So uh, the guy I'm going to talk about actually was tied for the fastest 40 with Campbell at the combine. That is Andy Isabella from UMass. And this guy, I mean, he just makes too much sense of the Patriots. He's a short, white receiver and it's like uh, this is a low-hanging fruit right but then again everyone said that about Braxton Barrios last year and he ended up on the team anyway so you know whether they'll draft him or not who knows his you know that 40 time was a little shocking for me I was surprised at how fast his 40 time was what I wasn't surprised about was that he was the sixth overall receiver in both the three cone drill and the 20-yard shuttle so you're talking about quickness you know, quick off the line, shifty with the ball in his hands. He's just, you look at him, you watch him play, and you just say, that's a Patriots receiver. That's just what the Patriots do on offense. And so, you know, I see a lot of that, um, you know, in him. The last two years, now, last three years, he's had 60-plus receptions uh, all three years. Sophomore year, he had 62 for 801 and seven touchdowns. Junior year, he had 65 for 10, 20, and 10 touchdowns. And this past year, his senior year, he had 102 receptions for 16, 98, and 13 touchdowns. The guy is a monster when it comes to stats and racking up yards. And again, it's just now he played at UMass, so the schedule isn't great, right? He's not playing like these crazy games or whatever. But again, you know, it, it was just he was just legit. He was legit this year. And so, you know, we'll see what happens. I wonder if his combine performance will kind of push him up a little bit. To me, he's a late round pick, but you never know. Like a guy runs that fast and he's not really a deep threat, but I mean, shit, look what happened to John Ross. John Ross runs a super fast 40 and gets drafted in the top 10. Like, so, you know, Isabel, and I'm not saying Isabel's going to go top 10, but you run a fast 40 like that and you see a small white receiver like that and you say, okay, well maybe he can turn into something else. Who knows? And he goes, you know, third round instead of fifth or sixth round. And so um, he's a guy that I think the Patriots could look at again. He fits the mold. It's, it's kind of ridiculous, but he fits the mold and uh, he'd be a guy that I think more than just the looks of him, the way he plays, you can see it as well. I think he'd be a good fitter. I agree with you, and I'm actually going to go with a similar receiver. Um, two guys that are being compared in the draft, Hunter Renfro out of Clemson. A lot of Patriot fans know his name just because we've seen him in the national championship pretty mm-hmm. much every year. Um, <laughs> obviously, coming from a much bigger school, had a monster college career. Uh, 186 catches, 2,133 yards, and 15 touchdowns. Um, you know, he, he just screams the Patriots slot receiver, 5'10", 180, fast, pretty shifty. Um, I've seen him and Isabella um, being compared. I think Isabella 
probably jumped him a little bit at the combine. He's this guy, you know, Renfro is probably another late round pick. He ran a four five nine at the combine. Not not great for his age. Uh, he was a redshirt senior this year, so he is a little older, born in late um, 1995. So a little bit older than these guys. Sometimes some of these guys coming out, but played a tough schedule at Clemson. You know, not overly explosive, but just very good fundamentally. Shifty, good ball skills, catches absolutely everything. Every draft report you read on this guy mm-hmm. catches everything, absolutely everything. He's got great hands. You know, um, people say I've never seen him drop a ball at his time during Clemson. Um, not a burner, not not like great vertical speed, but shifty. You know, and, and when I see him, I see, you know, if you look at his college stats, it's like a Julian Edelman, ton of receptions. You know, decent yards, not a lot of touchdowns. Not going to necessarily help you in the red zone, but it's definitely a guy that can help you move downfield. Now with Berrios coming up and, you know, with McCarron, a free agent, whether they bring him back, those guys are kind of lumped into that similar receiver. Um, but, I mean, if there's an opportunity to get this guy late in the draft like they did with Berrios in the sixth, I mean, why, why not? I think he'd fit here perfect. He's a Patriot receiver. Like you said, he's the same as Isabella. You know, kind of a 1A, 1B type of guy. I think they both do similar things well. And um, if he's there at, later in the draft, I, I, I'd, I'd be all about it, him coming here. Yeah, no, I like it. That's a good pick. I like him. Uh, Renfro, I mean, again, like you say, you just, you've seen him, you've seen him enough. Even if you don't watch college football, you probably just watched the championship game. You've seen him a few times. And so you know what he's about and who he is. And, uh, you know, he, again, seems like a good fit here. So last guy I'm going to talk about is Stanley Morgan Jr. from Nebraska. Here's the interesting thing about Stanley Morgan. And this is one of the things that I think is the most interesting. Honestly, his father did not play for the Patriots. There is a Stanley Morgan in the Patriots Hall of Fame. It's not his dad. I was going to say, yeah, it's just, so familiar. <laughs> it's just, I think it's, I just think it's hysterical that he would come here, be Stan, another Stanley Morgan, when Stanley Morgan already played here, he's a junior, so his dad's name is even Stanley Morgan, but it's not the dad that played for the Patriots. So it's just kind of an interesting situation. He's about six feet. Um, he has – the interesting thing about him, his 40 time wasn't great at the combine. It's like four, you know, four, five, eight, somewhere around there. But his three-cone drill was the second best out of wide receivers, and his 20-yard shuttle was the fourth best out of wide receivers. So that tells me that he's got some quickness, and you can see it on his film. Um, you know, he's got he's got a pretty good vertical. It's about 38-and-a-half vertical, 39-inch vertical, so he can get up there and get the ball. And interestingly enough, even though he doesn't have that speed, over 500 yards of his receiving were passes that were thrown 20 yards or more. So, um, you know, that's half his receiving yards on those deep passes and so he's definitely kind of a um of a of a deep threat even though he doesn't have the prototypical deep threat speed he'd have 70 catches for a thousand yards only at seven touchdowns but he almost cracked a thousand yards last year too here's the thing about him okay he 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 almost left last year nebraska's head coach left after last year the the quarterback went out a year early and Morgan almost went out a year early too, decided to come back for his senior year, was voted a team captain, was great on and off the field. And, you know, his teammates love him. His coaches love him. He's just that type of guy. And his scouting report is like a Patriots coach's wet dream. It's ridiculous. I mean, he's good on screen passes. He's quick in and out of his breaks, plays with a ton of effort, has a high football IQ. Like everything that the Patriots look for in a player, this guy is that guy. 
And so, um, you know, he's a guy that's not going to go early. So to me, you know, day two, early, you know, end of day two, early day three, he could be that fourth, fifth round pick like a Malcolm Mitchell was, uh, you know, coming out of Georgia. And so uh, that's a guy that I think that they could target a little bit later and, uh, you know, and still end up with a with a solid wide receiver. And so, uh, you know, and I just think it's hysterical, like the fact that he'd be another Stanley Morgan, but it wouldn't even related to the actual Stanley Morgan. It would just be would be awesome, I think. Awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I didn't know that much about him, but like you said, if it's there, it's there. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, all right. So let's get into um, let's get into the the Pat's Madness thing now. Um, by the time you guys listen to this, the Pat's Madness bracket has already been released. So I just want to go through a few. You know, we have the Brady region, the Gronk region, the, the Brown region, and the Brewski region. Obviously, the Brown region would be would be the Troy Brown region. But just the one and the two seeds. So from the Brady region, the one seed, Super Bowl 51, the two seeds, uh, the 2014 game against Baltimore. That's, of course, uh, you know, the, the double pass game, the game they were down 14 twice. Um, for the Gronk region, the one seed is Super Bowl 49, and the two seed is Super Bowl 39. Um, and so, you know, 39 is an interesting case because, and we could talk about that in a minute, but 39 is an interesting case because if it wasn't a Super Bowl, it wouldn't be even be close to the list. But, you know, because it was a Super Bowl, it was – it's off of games because it was a Super Bowl. But, eh, it's not great, you know. Uh, for the Brown region, the one seed is Super Bowl 36, and the two seed is this year's AFC Championship game in Kansas City. Uh, those are just – those are two heavy hitters in that, in that region right there. Uh, and then the Brewski region is Super Bowl 38 against Carolina. And the two seed is Super Bowl 53, obviously this year's Super Bowl uh, against the Rams. So, um, you know, I don't want to I don't want to get into too much. And there's 32 games. I'm not going to cover all. Th- you know, I think going over all 32 games would be would be crazy. But there are a few games in here that are worth mentioning. And I think and now listen, there's going to be articles about these regions. You people are voting on them, so your votes are going to push these games to the next round. That's how this bracket's going to work. So the matchups, you're going to vote on the matchup, and the winner, the you know the, the highest vote getter of each matchup is going to move on to the next round. So it's really important you guys get on uh, to patspulpa.com. You get on to those uh, you know, regional articles, and you vote in the polls there. Uh, super important, so definitely do that. Um, but there's some interesting games here that we kind of forget about um, but you know, one of those, one of those games I think is, uh, is the Oh three game against, uh, Denver in Denver. And that Oh three game in Denver was one of those games that you're like, Oh my goodness. Like how the heck do they do that? They, um, took an intentional safety. They took an intentional safety. They were, um, up against it, they were way back, and they took an intentional safety. They were down, I think, one at the time. They down one at the time. I think they were down one at the time. They took an intentional safety because they were literally punting out of the end zone. They were at like the one yard line, so they took an intentional safety. They kicked off, stopped them three and out, got the ball back, drove down the field and scored, and ended up winning the game. But it, it just, it's one of those things where you're like, oh my god, like how the heck did they do that? And I think more so just the stones on a guy like Belichick to do that. And Belichick, as we've seen throughout the years, 
isn't afraid to do anything. But in 03, it's, you still weren't totally sure about that. And f- to see him take an intentional safety, which you don't see very often, <laughs> was was pretty unbelievable, especially at the end of the it game. It really so, was, yeah. Yeah, so that's a, that's a cool one. And, and again, you know, some of these games, the butt fumble game, I mean, is just – the butt fumble game is just the most ridiculous game I think I've ever seen. I mean, you had, you know, three touchdowns in like 25 seconds or something ridiculous like that. You know, it's like – the Patriots scored a long touchdown. I think it was like an 86-yard touchdown pass to Shane Vereen. Then two plays later, Sanchez fumbles. Gregory picks it up and runs it back in. And the ensuing kickoff, the Jets guy gets hit. The ball pops in the air, and it literally falls into Edelman's arms as he's running full speed in the opposite direction. He scores a touchdown. And it was just – it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And it was – the game was over. The game was just – was over in seconds. It was just like – went from – I think it was like 14 nothing to uh oh no I think it was only 7 I think it was only 7 nothing and it was like 7 nothing and all of a sudden it was 28 nothing and the game was over and it was, it was just like what the hell just happened so that was uh that was an interesting game so um yeah I don't know, it, was, it was fun making the list for us it was fun you know I mean yeah you know kind of wrapping it up but I mean it it was it was fun I mean we 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 went back and forth and you know, majority of them were, were playoff games, but we were like, you know, there was some absolute tomato cans in there, and there was some great regular season games, and we were like, you know, the general public could even pick up, uh, you know, one, maybe like a 16-0 and win versus Giants over a lousy divisional playoff game. So, I mean, I think it's fun. It's a good way to get everyone interacting, and yeah, I mean, hats off to you, Pat. It was a phenomenal idea, and I'm interested to see what everyone's, uh, what everyone's opinion is and what the, the quote-unquote people's bracket would be the end of this yeah no it's interesting and i think next so next week we're gonna actually break down i mean the brackets just came out so we're not gonna really talk about it we're not gonna talk about the the specific matchups but next week we're gonna kind of go through and talk about what our brackets might look like uh my dad filled one out already i was looking at his and i thought his was pretty interesting some of the uh some of the interesting matchups there but uh you know it should be a lot of fun and again it's something like you said it's something to get people you know, involved in these things. And honestly, look, we have six Super Bowl wins, right? We've been a part of of the the best franchise and the best dynasty in the history of sports. And it's it's been an unbelievable ride. And so it's it's fun now to kind of take a step back and look at some of these games from the past where you're like, oh my God, I haven't thought about, you know, the 59 to nothing game in a while. I haven't thought about the 2009 opener against Buffalo because who the heck thinks about the 2009 opener against Buffalo? It's a great game, but like who's thinking about that on a, on a weekly basis? You know, we're not looking at highlights from that all the time. So, you know, there's some interesting games in there where you're like, oh man, I remember that game, and oh, I remember this game, whatever. So it's cool to kind of take a step back and look at some of those games because you know there's some really great moments in this dynasty that we can kind of now kind of sit back and appreciate. And it's not over by any stretch of the imagination. But again, six Super Bowls in, you're like, all right, let's, you know, let's take a little break and, and appreciate some of the greatness that has happened uh, that we've been, you know, we've been here watching. So uh, it's a lot of fun, and, and so hopefully people get involved and you know vote like crazy if you you know if you feel strongly about one. I know Spags, me and you are going to disagree, and I love it. Like I love that. Like it's going to be great. I love that. Like, me too. You know, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. So it's going to be cool. So. Um, so anyways, I think that, that's going to wrap up our show. Next week, we, we should have an interesting show next week. should be a lot of fun. Uh, again, we'll be talking Pat's Madness. We're going to be doing tight end breakdown next week. 
So that's going to be interesting. And we'll be talking about, you know, some action will have happened free in free agency. We assume, or hopefully at least. And so, you know, we'll have some things to break down about that. So that does it for us this week. And we will talk to you guys next week. Take care, everyone. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.